Welcome to Hope Chapel's Sermon Podcast. We hope that you are encouraged by this teaching from God's Word. Due to the COVID-19 pandemic, we are not currently meeting for in-person services, but we would love to have you join us for our live stream at hopechapel.org forward slash live. We stream every Sunday morning at 9 and 11 a.m. Pacific time. Well, good morning, church. It's good to be with you again this morning. Beautiful day as I was driving in this morning and even last night at the Saturday night service was so crystal clear. It's just gorgeous, gorgeous weather. Well, I hope everyone had a wonderful Thanksgiving holiday. In fact, I do want to talk to you this morning about the subject of giving thanks. Psalm 92 verse 1 reminds us it is good to give thanks to the Lord. No doubt, most all of us, as we celebrated Thanksgiving, presumably with some family members and or friends this last week, we probably all gave thanks for something in our life, something good. The holiday focuses in on giving thanks, and certainly as Christians, I'm sure all of us enjoyed that and just really reflected on what we are thankful for. My question is, what about the rest of the time? What about the rest of the year? How does thankfulness mark our life? Occasionally or continually? Are we consciously aware of our need to give thanks? Or do we default to our normal human tendency to be negative and or complain when things aren't going our way. I'm reminded of Paul's words to the church at Rome in chapter 1, verse 21, when he says, although they knew God, they neither glorified him as God nor gave thanks. And the result was that their thoughts were futile, And futile thoughts lead to a darkened heart. The effect of not giving thanks, the effect of not praising God on a continual basis leads to a downward spiral in our life. Giving thanks, among other things, is an acknowledgement of our dependence upon him. Thanking somebody for their grace to you is in an essence a a means of of saying, you know, I I needed that. I needed you. Thank you. Thank you. And so we are are urged to thank God. And I want to talk about that this morning with you. In Philippians chapter 4, if you turn your Bibles there, we're going to note some familiar verses. But I want to posit a question to you. Have you ever had bad news delivered to you unexpectedly? What was your response? How did you react? I recall a number of years ago, many years ago, Tran Edwards and I'd I'd known Tran and her husband Jim and their son John 
largely by greeting them at the top of the stairs as they would come to worship services each weekend. In one week, I got a call. And uh, their son, John, was killed tragically in an automobile accident. And I, I was asked to go and deliver the news to Tran. I had never really interacted with her much beyond greeting her and exchanging smiles and such. I found her at the Pregnancy Resource Center in Torrance. And I asked the receptionist if, if I could speak to her. So they went and got her. And I'll never, ever forget this. She came out. I'm standing in the hallway and she looked at me. Never expecting to see me there. And I said to her, Tran, I have some difficult news. Your son John was killed this morning in an automobile accident. I will never forget this. She looked at me, her instant response. The Lord gave and the Lord takes away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Utterly amazed me. The grace with which she received that difficult news. All of us have experienced difficulties in our life. Some unexpectedly lost a job. Some of us have been diagnosed with maybe life-threatening illnesses. Some of us have lost a significant person in our life. Maybe suddenly, maybe expected. But these are losses that are not always easy to accept. Even when we may be half expecting them. And as a believer, you know down deep inside that God is sovereign and that he would provide for you and take care of you somehow. But at what point do we thank him for these losses, for these trials, for these difficulties? How can we have a thankful spirit in the face of these things. Look with me at Philippians chapter 4, verse 11, particularly. In that verse, Paul tells us that he had learned to be content. Whatever the circumstances. Is that impressive? Whatever the circumstances. It wasn't a, a sad resignation. It wasn't something where he just kind of threw his hands up. No, Paul knew that God was sovereign and he could be content in whatever circumstance he found himself. He faced a difficult life. 
All you do, have to do is read the book of Acts and read his own testimony, especially in 2 Corinthians. But in facing that life, he, he faced it with joy. Remember, he says, rejoice. Again, I say rejoice. He faced his life, difficult life, confident that Jesus Christ was sufficient for every need in his life. Jesus indeed is alive and Jesus is sufficient for every need in our life. He knows everything. He knows our needs more intimately than we do. How could Paul do this? Did he have a secret? Paul exhorts us not to be anxious about anything in verses 6 and 7 of Philippians chapter 4. Don't be anxious about anything. Refuse to be anxious about anything. He goes on and he says, but in everything, by prayer and petition, notice this please, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. Sadly, most of us pray prayers of unbelief as if we have to beg God, as if we, if we have to cajole him or make him aware of our situation. He knows. We can make our requests. We do so with thanksgiving. Give thanks whatever the circumstances. That's Paul's point. The question we have to back up and say, do, do I give thanks whatever the circumstances? Do I have a thankful attitude and a thankful spirit towards my God who gave everything for me and continues to provide? What does thanksgiving mean? What does thanksgiving mean and what about its place in our life? I want to share with you five things to know about Thanksgiving and its place in our lives. First of all, Thanksgiving is intended to be continual. It's not optional. It's not conditional. It's meant to be continual. It's meant to be ongoing. It should be an attitude that characterizes our life. In fact, in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 18, the, the mood in the Greek text is, is the, the mood of command, if you will. It's the imperative mood. And that's the mood of strong exhortation, even command. And it's in that passage, Paul tells us that we need to give thanks in all circumstances. He says, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. In other words, if I'm a Christian, I should be learning to give thanks in all circumstances. Because I know he's there. I know he's aware. I know that, that God is sovereign. I know he's in control. I don't need to be anxious or fearful. I don't need to complain, which is my normal human default position. Notice, he says, give thanks in all circumstances. 
Not just the happy ones, not just the good ones, not just the ones that are pleasing to us. Give thanks in all situations, continually, repeatedly, at all times. In other words, Christians, we, our lives should be marked by an attitude of gratitude, an attitude of thanksgiving. We should be the most thankful people on the face of the earth. Secondly, giving thanks is, as Paul says, God's will for us, no matter what our circumstance. It's his will that we give thanks. It's his will that we acknowledge him in all of our ways. Hopefully, thankfully, prayerfully. In Colossians chapter 3, verse 17, Paul writes this, And whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Again, this exhortation to give thanks. Whatever we're doing, wherever we find ourselves, we're giving thanks. We're a thankful people. People would say to me variously, how are you? I'm thankful. I'm thankful. I'm thankful. Sometimes I have to fight for that because I don't feel thankful most of the time. But reminding myself, reminding myself. Paul modeled and he encouraged all of us as believers to live this way. Ephesians 5.20, always giving thanks to God the Father. Always giving thanks to God the Father for everything. In the name of our Lord Jesus. For everything? That's what he said. For everything. This can be very, very difficult at times. I remember my wife was diagnosed with fourth-stage metastatic breast cancer. Was I supposed to give thanks? It came as a shock to both of us. Stunned us. Right out of the blue. We never expected it. Are we supposed to give thanks for this COVID nonsense that's going on in our country? Are we supposed to give thanks for the economic hardships that so many people are experiencing? Yes. Yes. These things aren't happening without any purpose or meaning. Sometimes it seems that way. But there's a sovereign God who's ordained these things and he's using them to work out his will. And we acknowledge that. We say, God, thank you. We may not understand, but we know him. And we know that he understands. And we trust him. Thank you, Father. Thank you for this trial. Thank you for this difficulty. I thank you in the midst of it. I know you are good. Thirdly, thanksgiving is an act of faith. And it's only by faith that we can obey God. Even when obedience is difficult or doesn't make sense to us. And many times, 
when obedience seems contrary to human wisdom. And yet God says, trust me, trust me, do it my way. <laughs> do it my way. Faith is learning to trust the Heavenly Father who deserves our total and complete confidence in his ability. His ability to answer prayer. His ability to give us his very best. His ability to keep his promises. And he says, I will never leave you nor forsake you. I know sometimes it feels like God has abandoned us. God is not there. God is not listening. Our prayers seem to bounce off the proverbial ceiling. But I assure you, God hears every prayer. I assure you, God answers every prayer. Maybe not in the way we want, but in his way. I assure you that God wants the very best for us. We're reminded of that great, great, great promise in Romans chapter 8, verse 28. And God works all things together for our good because we love him and been called according to his purpose. It's not because we do good things, not because we deserve it. It's simply because of his grace and his mercy. He's promised to work all good, all things for our good. We can be thankful in the face of all these things. With a thankful heart, we can wait on our God who is able to do what he wills. Again, Paul tells us and reminds us in Romans chapter 12 that God's will is good and pleasing is perfect. It's the very best. God, I want the very best. I want the very best. I thank you that you know what I need. If you go back into the Old Testament and you study and you read the life of King David, David had this thankful attitude. He had this thankful spirit. During difficult times in warfare and battle and the many occasions in which he had to run and hide for King Saul. And in the midst of heartbreaking family circumstances, David gave thanks to God. He saw God's hand in everything. The question for us is, do we see God's hand in everything? Is God's hand working and moving and guiding? In Psalm 18, verse 49, David records and regards God's faithfulness. He says, I will give thanks to you among the nations, O Lord, and I will sing praises to your name. Wow, what an attitude. Could that be our testimony? Fourth, Thanksgiving acknowledges God's sovereignty. Now we've been studying through the book of Ruth these past four weeks and we've seen clearly God's sovereign hand guiding through the, through the lives of Naomi and and Ruth, and Boaz. But Thanksgiving acknowledges 
his sovereignty. Now we know that God can change our circumstances if he chooses to in a heartbeat. But more often, a thankful heart, regardless of our circumstance, changes our attitude towards our circumstance. We can choose to be glum. We can choose to be negative. We can choose to be defeated by a circumstance. But a thankful attitude, a thankful heart changes that. By giving thanks, we yield to God's power to do as he pleases. In his name, in his time, and in his way. Recognizing who God is gives us the ability to say thank you no matter what. Thank you, thank you, thank you. A good practice is to, is to rise up in the morning. First thing, say thank you. Thank you for today. Thank you for a good night's sleep. Thank you maybe even for a restless night. Thank you for your care. Thank you for the day ahead. No matter what happens. As we walk through the day, we practice saying thank you. We practice acknowledging his sovereignty in our life. David acknowledged that it was God in his sovereignty who allowed him to endure deadly struggles. And David himself learned to say in Psalm 30, you turn my wailing into dancing he removed my sackcloth and clothed me with joy that my heart may sing to you and not be silent. O Lord, my God, I will give you thanks forever. Wow, what, a, what, a, what an attitude, what a response. Fifth, Thanksgiving strengthens us for the difficulties of life. It also strengthens us for the dull routines of life. We live most of the time of our lives down in the valleys rather than on the mountain peaks. And sometimes life can be just kind of humdrum and we lose the, the attitude of giving thanks. Corey Ten Boom, who was a magnificent saint, who was persecuted by the Nazis terrifically concluded I think rather wisely she said this anxiety never releases tomorrow of its problems it only empties today of its strengths no wonder Jesus says don't be anxious for anything Paul echoes that sentiment when we truly accept that God knows the outcome of every trial and of every problem and we can thank him, we receive strength to see each situation through to its end. God, again, has promised to work all things together for our good. Even when we are looking at apparent defeat, we know that Jesus has, in fact, won the victory. And we don't have to live defeated, depressive lives. 
He is the lifter of our head, the psalmist says. Now let me switch gears and talk about what Thanksgiving is not. Firstly, being thankful is not a way to manipulate God into giving us what we want. Indeed, a thankful spirit rests in God's promises, knowing that he cannot, he will not fail. He says, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. I am always with you. God has promised to provide for our every need. What a marvelous promise. God, you know my needs better than I do. You promise to meet those needs. Thank you. Because he's promised that we can thank him for the provision even before the provision appears. Even before that a provision occurs. God, thank you. I know that you see the beginning from the end. I know that you can and you will provide and meet my needs. And thanking him releases us from the compulsion to complain, be depressed, or try leaning on our own understanding and meeting our own needs. God has promised he'll lead, he'll guide. In my own life, I have been tempted to bargain with God over my wife's health. My own understanding, trying to figure out a way to bargain with God. I'll do this, I'll be better, I won't do that. I've chosen, however, to thank him. Thank him for the opportunities to see him provide his grace. My precious wife has outlived all the predictions of the doctors. We're thankful when the oncologist says you've, you've outlived my expectations, we say thank you, but we thank God. And we tell him it's God's grace to us and it's the prayers of the saints that we have hoped in. And by doing so, we don't experience as many anxious moments as we could have otherwise. Thankful. Thankful. Secondly, being thankful does not change God's timing. But it does enable me to wait patiently and readjust my timing to his. Another way to say that is, Lord, not my time, but your time. Not my will, but your will be done. Waiting, waiting with thankfulness means that I expect God to work while I go about my days in a quiet spirit and fulfill my responsibilities. I'm not defeated. I'm not discouraged. I know that he is sovereign. He's in control. And I can go about my day. Listen to what 
the psalmist says in Psalm 37, verse 7. He says, be still before the Lord and wait patiently for him. Do not fret when men succeed in their ways, when they carry out their wicked schemes. Don't fret. Don't be anxious. In Psalm 40, verse 1. I waited patiently for the Lord. He turned to me and he heard my cry. How hard it is sometimes to wait. And that famous passage in Isaiah chapter 40, verse 31, the very last verse of that chapter. But those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary and they will walk and not be faint or weary. What a great, great hope that gives us. Waiting with thankfulness. And as I wait with a thankful attitude, I'm, I'm freed to take my hands off of what I feel I need to control. How many of us are, in fact, whether we like to admit it or not, control freaks? we got to be in control. Why? Because our innate human nature is always insecure and we have a sense of inadequacy. We have to control things. And if we're not in control, we easily panic. But God says to us, be still and know that I'm God. I got this, he says to us. I've got this. Don't be anxious. Trust me. Acknowledge me in all your ways. Don't lean on your own understanding. I'll make your path straight. What a great promise. Thirdly, being thankful does not eliminate or delay the inevitable. God knows the end from the beginning. Our anxiety changes not one bit. Neither does giving thanks change those things. But being thankful allows us to face the most difficult circumstances with grace and with peace. In chapter 4 of Philippians and verse 7, Paul says this, and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Oh, just for some peace, just for some peace. Saying thank you, saying thank you won't solve my problems, but it will help me to handle those problems better until God brings about his solution, his salvation. Notice Paul uses the word peace. Peace. To describe a, say, a state, a state of being. A state of untroubled, undisturbed well-being. That's what he offers us. 
Nothing can explain it. In fact, he says this peace is beyond human comprehension. It's beyond our understanding. And yet it is ours to experience. All the time, not just once in a while. He means for us to experience his peace all the time. When we obey the command to be thankful in everything. Verse 7 tells us this peace will guard our hearts and minds. This peace puts up, if you will, a protective barrier, a wall that will not allow disturbing influences to penetrate our hearts and minds. How many times these things afflict our life? The future, the unknown, the what-ifs. And we find ourselves obsessing about them. We find ourselves panicking about them. They keep us awake at night, whether we're aware of them or not. But you see that protective wall tumbles down only when we cease to be thankful. I know that even saying these things for so many of us, it's difficult to comprehend. But if we could be and would be thankful every day, we would experience that marvelous peace of God. While we will all struggle sometimes with giving God thanks in the everythings of our lives, and while it is easier, we find ourselves to look at our circumstances and problems instead of looking to God, our provider. We can be, be continually learning to say with the psalmist in Psalm 118, verse 1, give thanks to the Lord for he is good. His love endures forever. Give thanks. In our natural life, in our natural human, sinful human life, we tend to be problem-oriented rather than Christ-oriented. The writer to the Hebrews reminds us, keep our eyes fixed where? On our problems? No, keep our eyes fixed on Jesus, who is the author and perfecter of our faith. How do I keep my eyes fixed on him? I stay in his word. I read his word. I meditate on his word. I memorize his word. I love his word. Jesus is the word made flesh, remember. We may experience anxiety over those things that we can't do anything about. But we can have a great peace because we know that after all, there is nothing we can do about them. But we can rest in God's care with a thankful heart. It's comforting to know that these things are in our Father's hands. Our inability to do anything about a problem is more than matched 
by our confidence in God for whom all things are possible. And as we pray, as we talk to him with thanksgiving, our anxiety, he says to us, is replaced by peace. Beloved, there is freedom in thankfulness. Shall we go about our day today, tomorrow, this week, giving him thanks? Yes, there's things going to assail us, but let's, let's grow more and more into a continually thankful people. Amen? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for the good things. Thank you for the difficult things. Thank you for the promise that we have that you will work all these things together for our good because we love you. We've been called according to your purpose. We thank you that your purpose is good and pleasing and perfect. We thank you that you're sovereign over every detail. We thank you for your word. We thank you for your spirit who illuminates this word to our minds. We thank you. Lord, that you transform us by the renewing of our minds as we spend time with you in your word. We thank you for Jesus. We thank you for your spirit who lives in us and sealed us for that day of redemption. Thank you for the hope that you've given us, the hope of glory. Thank you that you promise strength to us in the midst of our trials. Thank you that you it promised to meet all of our needs. Thank you, Father. We just thank you for today. We thank you for the circumstances in which we find ourselves. We only hope that we can be faithful in those circumstances. We love you today. We give you all the praise. We pray these things in Jesus' name because you said we could. Amen, church. On behalf of the Hope Chapel family, I'd like to thank you for tuning in to the sermon podcast. If you would like to know more about our church, you can visit www.hopechapel.org.